Christmas. Unless you count today, which is then two. But we don't shop on Sundays, right? You look at we're uh, we're celebrating tomorrow the birth of Jesus Christ uh, here at church, and we hope that you'll come. And like Mark said, that we do have candy bags for the kids, and it's a very special service. It's relaxed, it's casual, so come and take it in. It's seven thirty. Hope that you uh, hope you can be here. And uh, I know that you'll, you'll enjoy it. It's one of, one of my favorite services in the course of the year. So here it is, uh, the time of the year when we eat and eat and eat. <laughs> Is anybody sick of turkey yet? I haven't even had the Christmas dinner yet. I think I had too much of it already. Um, it's a, it's a, a time of the year we're worried about... Uh, our waistline, we're worried about our wallets. Uh, some of us are very stressed out even now about money. Uh, some of us uh, have spent too much already. And I know, I know um, every year I think, man, I'm going to spend a little less next year, but it never quite works out that way. See, it's a time of gift giving. It's too bad that we so often forget what Christmas is really all about. We, we forget, don't we, that Christmas really is supposed to be a spiritual event, a time when we remember what Jesus came to this earth for. And so today we continue in our series called Jingle All the Way, A Life of Giving, Living a Life of Giving. And this morning what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the basis for giving. What's the foundation or, or the reason that we Give. Why does a church even talk about giving? Well, you're going to see in just a few moments that giving is the very is at the very essence or the very core of this Christian faith. In fact, you cannot really follow Jesus or even call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ until you get to the place where you understand that it's all about giving, all about sharing. Now, if I asked you to, this morning, uh, does, does God want me to be rich, or does God want us to be rich, I might get a 50-50 uh, sort of response to that. Half of you will say, yeah, I think God wants me to be rich. And others will say, no, I don't think God said he wants us to be rich. And there'd be many who say, well, I just don't know. But if I asked you this question, does God want me to be happy, I think the majority of us would say, yeah, I think God wants me to be happy. And if instead of using the word happy, I use the word joyful, then you say, yes, I know for sure that God wants me to be joyful. I know for sure that God wants me to be happy. And so this morning, as I'm, as I'm looking at you today, some of you are sitting here like this, because you just had a very stressful morning. Maybe one or two of you got a speeding ticket on the way to church. Uh, maybe one or two of you had a fight with your spouse on the way to church. Or with your kids, they didn't get ready fast enough. I don't know. Uh, maybe you, uh, maybe you woke up with a zit on the end of your nose. Look at your neighbor right now. Go ahead, see if they got one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what your morning was like. But you're just maybe not that terribly happy. Uh, I pray that when you leave here today, that once again you're going to have joy in your heart, 
My prayer this morning is that you will be reminded all over again of what it really means to follow Jesus, that you'll learn all over again what Christmas is really all about. So, does God want me to be happy? Well, before I answer that question, I want to point out to you a study done by a psychologist, a professor of psychology at the University of British Columbia, and a professor, a Harvard, no less, a Harvard professor uh, of business administration. They together teamed up and asked the question that I just asked, what, how do you, how how are we happy? How can we be happy? The title of their book that is not quite out yet, it'll be out soon, it's called, it's called Happy Money, The Science of Spending. Isn't that a great title? The Science of Spending. Who knew that there was a science to spending? Well, in this book, they discuss what it is that brings people happiness. And uh, they did a study of toddlers. Anybody know what a toddler is? Basically around two years old, a little bit under, a little bit over that, that age. How many know that toddlers are the most notoriously self-centered beings on the planet? Anybody here? Yeah. Uh, you would never know by looking at these angels up here today, would you? But the fact of the matter is, is if you are a parent, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that there is nobody quite as self-centered as a toddler. We are, in fact, by nature, all of us quite stingy and quite self-centered. In fact, there's some people who never grow out of toddler stage. Through their whole life, they are self-centered, and it's all about me. Well, they did a study uh, on these these little toddlers, and um, here's what they discovered. They discovered that these little toddlers were happiest... This, is, this was quite a shock to me when I read this, because I did not think that a toddler would be able to figure this out. But it turns out kids are smarter than adults a lot of the time. And everybody said, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Turns out that these toddlers were ecstatic if they were given a handful of goldfish. Now, I'm not talking about like real goldfish out of the aquarium. That's, I'm talking about little cracker goldfish. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about, yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? So a handful, a fistful of golden goldfish crackers. And these kids were the happiest people on earth. At least it seemed that way until they were put in a position where they were asked to give. Turns out that even more exciting than getting a fistful of goldfish is that when you give the opportunity to these little toddlers to actually share their goldfish with others. Listen to what they say. Listen to what the study says. It says, to be clear, having more goldfish doesn't decrease our happiness. Those first few crackers may provide a genuine burst of delight. But... Rather than focusing on how much we've got in our bowl, what we should think more about or more carefully about is what do we do with what we've got in the bowl. So having the goldfish is great, but more importantly is what do you do with it when you have it, which might mean indulging less. It may even mean giving others the opportunity to indulge instead. Here's the lesson. You ready for this, everybody? Maximizing our happiness is not about maximizing our goldfish. Can I say it again? Maximizing your happiness 
is not about maximizing your... In other words, having more gold is not going to make you happier. They go on to say this, Before the ages of two, toddlers exhibit greater happiness when giving treats to others than in receiving treats themselves. This is a revelation to me. I mean, I always kind of suspected that that should be the truth. That should be, in fact, the way it should be. Theoretically, I mean, as a theologian, as a scholar, as somebody who studies the scriptures and studies studies uh, the doctrine of of man, anthropology, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, theoretically, that's the way it should be. Well, it turns out that it is true. And this is a study not done by theologians, not done by anybody that is even connected to a church. It's done by by psychologists who come to the conclusion that toddlers are happiest. Not when receiving treats, but when sharing them with others. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, this was, this was like, a, wow, this is amazing. i got to tell somebody this. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. Here's what they further discovered. They further discovered that children are happier after engaging in costly giving, forfeiting their own resources, than when giving the same treat at no cost. So in other words, the happiness, their happiness went up proportionate to how costly their giving was. In other words, the more sacrificial they were in giving, the happier they were. This is absolutely amazing because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind because you and I both know that we like to get. Anybody disagree with that? Everybody likes to get a card in the mail. Everybody likes to get a get a, a, a $20 bill or a $50 bill once in a while. It's, like, it's great fun, right? Come on. Am I the only one? Yeah, you, you know, you know. Yeah, it's nice and it's fun to get that. But what they're saying is that even better than that is that when you can actually share and even share sacrificially. They go on to say this. By documenting the emotionally rewarding properties of costly or sacrificial pro-social behavior among toddlers, this research provides support for the claim that we experience positive emotions when giving to others. That's a fancy way of just saying we're happiest when we're giving. And I'm going to tell you, those of you who took the doctrines course, you'll remember that I talked about something called the image of God, the IOG. The Bible says that you and I were created in the image of God. And here's what you need to know about God. You need to know this about God. God is a giver. The very essence of who God is, is that he gives. And so here's what you need to know, is that we who've been created in the image of the giver God, we are happiest when we are doing what he does. We are happiest when we are giving. And I know some of you are thinking, you know, pastor, you're always talking about money. Look, I'm not just talking about money today. I'm talking about being kind to people. I'm saying, I'm talking about being kind to people that want to cut in when you've been waiting patiently in line and they're in a hurry. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about being kind to that person who's cut you off. It might have been me, actually, <laughs> if the truth be known. I'm talking about being nice to that lady at Superstore who's been working all day. She's been on her feet. She's been dealing with some real nasty customers. And you, you're, you've been ticked off by her because she's just said something or done something wrong that just really... Look at, You know what? We have, we, have, 
grown up in a society, especially in the last uh, 25, 30 years, where all we hear about are our rights. You have rights. And so our, our natural tendency is to fight for our rights. And so when someone disses us at Superstore, we're going to set them right. And that poor lady with the three or four kids screaming around her, she accidentally bumps into you. You just want to turn around and give her a piece of your mind. And yet, the Bible says that the thing that will make us happier, happiest is when we give, when we share. When we share love and kindness to others. Look at the scripture verse that absolutely everybody knows, John three sixteen, And maybe say it with me. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. What you and I need to know today is that God is a giver. God gave his son, and Jesus gave his life. This is the essence of who God is. He's a giver. And he's called us to follow in his footsteps, to be givers as well. So I'm going to say to you today that will make you, what will make you happiest is if you are, in fact, a giver. And if you, even this day, say, God, considering what you've done for me, considering what you've given to me, I also want to be a giver. I want to give you my very heart. I want to give you my very life. This Christmas, we're thinking of Jesus, the baby Jesus coming to us, born in a manger, who's come to this life for the express purpose of giving us, as it says here in this verse, giving us eternal life. And John 10.10 says, giving us abundant life. Considering that God has come, that we might have life and have it to the full. Doesn't it make sense that you and I would say, God, what can I give you? And here's what God will say to you. He will say to you what he said to me when I was just eight years old. Alan, I want your heart. I want you. I want you to give me your life. And then watch what happens. Now, this morning, some of you have given your heart to Jesus, and some of you have not yet given your heart to Jesus. Before we're done today, my prayer is that you will see the absolute joy and the absolute benefit of doing things God's way. Look at this next verse, Luke chapter 16, verse 13. And it says this, No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Look at this. Everybody say it with me. You cannot serve both God and money. Because here's the thing about money. At the end of the day, you, you and I have to admit and, and, and understand this, is that when we're talking about money and the love of money, it's all about me. It's what do I get and what can I get and what can I amass? Has anybody seen hoarders? You basically look into this house and it's full of stuff. And they can't throw any of it away. Why? Because the fact of the matter is, is that they're in love with their stuff. Now you can call it money or you can call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, well, here's what it is. It's all about me. It's all about, about my stuff. 
about me having, about me getting, about me getting more. So the question is, does God want me to be happy? Yeah. In fact, if you open your Bible up and read from Genesis to Revelation, here's what you're going to discover. You're going to discover that all the laws in the Word of God, all the commands that God gives, are not meant to make your life miserable. Some people really believe that God is some sort of a cosmic party pooper. He just wants to wreck your life. Keep this law, keep this law, keep this rule, and here's another rule, and here's another rule, and here's another rule. And you think to yourself, oh, i got to get away from all this. This is religion, too many rules. Okay, can I just, can I just if, you, if you think that, I'm going to disabuse you of, you of that idea. What you need to understand is that the laws and the rules that God gives are meant for your happiness. God shows us a way to live that is not about me. So here's the thing. If you're serving money, then it becomes all about me, and I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to amass stuff for me. I'm going to collect stuff for me. I'm going to get more stuff. I mean, how much more stuff do you really need from the dollar store? Do you really need another potato peeler? Come on. And yet, oh, there's a, here's a, oh, this looks like a good banana. This looks like a good, play, a good way to store my bananas. And this is a good way to peel my potatoes. And here's a good way to store my cucumbers. And, here's a, and, it, and it goes on and on. Um, and we get more stuff and more stuff. And we're, we, we're hoping that we're going to feel better because we got more stuff. And we don't feel better. So here's the thing. You can choose to love money or you can choose to love God. And here's what you're going to see. Here's the difference. When you love God, now it's not about you at all. It's all about God, your relationship to God, and it's about your relationship to others. Now listen to me. Look, has anybody ever heard of the Ten Commandments? I know we're not allowed to talk about them in schools anymore. And then we wonder why we've got, we've got murders in our schools and why we've got a society that's crumbling. How many mass murders were there in the States this past year? Was there at least three of them? And then not to mention the copycats... And, and I mean, if it's not 20 kids and you don't hear about it, but it's a small little paragraph in the newspaper. I mean, it's terrible what we're seeing. Now listen, the Ten Commandments, the first four are all about how to love God, and the next six are all about how to love one another. This, this, these laws that God has given us is to show us how to be happy. And the way to be happy is to not live for yourself. It's not about you. And that goes against our natural way of thinking because we think that when we get, that's when we'll be happiest. But it was Jesus who said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So here's what you and I need to understand today. The thing that's going to bring you the greatest happiness is not in getting and not in living for yourself. It's going to be in sharing and giving. And as these little toddlers discovered, in costly giving. It's something that costs you something. Sociologists wanted to further test this theory that giving brings you more happiness than getting. Now listen to this. It's amazing. So they went on the street with a whole, with a whole stack of $20 bills. And it's, here's, here's what they decided they were going to do. They're going to... They're deal with a number of people um, and break them up into two groups. The first group was going, to get, was going to get $20, and they were going to be told that they could use that $20 to get whatever they wanted. 
And then the other group was going to be given $20, but the $20 that they get, they have to spend on somebody else. So the first group gets their $20 and it's like, oh, that's nice, that's great, that's cool, that's a neat experiment. I like this, this is a nice experiment. Thank you for the $20. And they ask, what are you going to get? Well, I'll just get myself a little something, I don't know, maybe a coffee at Starbucks. That's about all you can get for 20 bucks at Starbucks. And then, and then, you know, how did you feel after you got that $20? How did that make you feel inside? Oh, that was good. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. It was nice. It was fun. It was cool. It was, it was cute. And then the next group. So, I mean, there's that first group. You know, they're happy. Yeah, was, everything's cool. Everything's good. It was better than getting nothing, right? The next group, they're, set, they're told, you get your $20, but what you have to do is you've got to take that $20 and you have to use it to bless somebody. You have to use it for somebody else. You've got to give it to somebody or buy somebody something. After everything was said and done, they, they did a survey to quickly try to measure the levels of happiness that both groups had experienced. Now, Chris, you know where this is going. You know what the answer is going to be. And it's interesting. We know what the answer is going to be, and yet we continue to live selfishly. So they, 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 they add it all up. The first group, they're happy. They're cheerful. But when you measure the happiness of the second group who were asked to give sacrificially, their response was off the charts. There was, it turned out there was no comparison in terms of true happiness. Now let the Spirit of God speak to your heart today. Because we really believe that the thing that's going to make me happiest is if I can keep it all to myself. And nobody is getting any of this. It's mine. (laughs) Psychologists come along and they tell us the thing that's going to make us happiest is if we give sacrificially. If we learn that it's not all about me. So Jesus says if, if you really want to be happy... If you really want to serve God, you can't serve yourself, which is all about getting money, getting stuff, satisfying myself, pleasing myself. So, I have to ask this question. We, we all seem to know, at least theoretically, that we'll be happiest if we give. So, why don't we give more? Why don't we actually do this thing? Why do we continue to be self-centered? Well, you've heard me say it before, and I'm going to... I'm not trying to insult you people, but I'm just telling you the truth. You've heard it all before. By nature, we are self-centered. And it's for this reason that God has to give us his word that teaches us how to be happy. And the way that you and I are going to be happy is not by getting, but in giving. When you give your heart to Jesus, what you signed up for was a life of giving, a life of sharing, a life that was not about you, but it was about a right relationship with God and a right relationship with other people. You say, Pastor, you know, can we get off the money subject now? Well, can I just remind everybody again? We're not just talking about money. We're talking about an attitude. 
of sharing, of giving, of love, of mercy, of grace, of caring for others, meeting the needs of others. One morning I went into uh, a restaurant. Very tired, but I had work to do, a lot of work to do. I thought, I'm going to really get a good start on the day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's got to be some kind of a Murphy's Law about what happens when you try to do that sort of thing. Anyway, I, uh, I thought, I'm going to get away from everybody and everything. I'm going to go over to the restaurant, start early. Nobody will, there'll be nobody there that I'll know. I'll have time alone with God, time alone with my Bible, time to study a little bit, even pray. It's one of my favorite things to do. I arrive there, I walk in the door, I'm, I got bags under my eyes, bigger than today, <laughs> and uh, there's, a, there's a, a waitress going around serving people, she looks me right in the eye, and she says, good morning. <laughs> Anybody know what restaurant I'm talking about? <laughs> good morning. This is a real imposition. And you know what I did? I, I smiled at her, I said, Good morning. She did a double take. I sat down, got my Bible open, my notebook, my pen, all ready to take notes and getting ready to order my breakfast. She comes over to put your pot down. She says, what are you smiling about at this time of the morning? <laughs> well, good morning to you too. <laughs> what are you smiling about at this time of the morning? I said, well, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm a pastor, right? This is an opportunity. I said, I'd be glad to tell you. Why don't you have a seat for a moment? I'll tell you all about it. And right then and there, having just shared a smile, how many know that a smile doesn't cost anything? Having just shared a smile, the door of her heart was flung wide open. And I was able to share with her the love of Christ. And right there, in that restaurant, At about 7.20 in the morning, this woman says, I want to ask God into my life. I want to be, I want to have what you've got. I want to be a Christian. And all it cost me was a smile at 7 o'clock in the morning. Do you know there's a whole world out there that's looking for love and kindness and a little bit of mercy, a little bit of gentleness, There's a whole world out there that God has called you and I to go and love. And it means you need to open your heart up and share the goodness and the love that God has showed you. Are you willing to do that? I can tell you that I know firsthand that when Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, that it is absolutely 100% the truth. And somewhere in this world, there's a whole group of toddlers that would agree with me. This is the essence of Christianity. It's not just about rules and laws and commands and don't do this and don't do that. It's about a whole new way of living, a life that says, I'm going to give, I'm going to share. I'm going to be more concerned about others than I am concerned about myself. This is what Christianity is about. 
And some of you, maybe you haven't been in church for years. Maybe you've, this is the first time you've been to church. And you thought it was all about regulations and rules and rituals and smells and bells. I'm going to tell you what it's about. It's about excellent relationships. It's about having a right relationship with God and having a right relationship with all the people in your life. It's coming to the place where you understand that it's not about me. Would you say that with me this morning? It's not about me. Say it one more time. It's not about me. Now tell the person beside you, it's not about you. (laughs) That was a trick, wasn't it? Yeah, I I threw you right off. Okay, children, back here, please. (laughs) Okay, listen. This is the essence of Christianity. It's not about me. It's about what I can give, what I can share. But listen, we live in a culture that gives us a completely different message, right? Remember McDonald's years ago? I'll never forget this. Their jingle, you deserve a break today. You know that. You don't deserve a break. You don't deserve anything. (laughs) If you work hard and you earn the money, then you can go buy yourself a coffee or, you know, a a fake, some fake food at McDonald's. You can do that if you want to. They call them Big Macs, that sort of thing. It's not just about money. It's about a heart. It's about a lifestyle of sharing and giving. When's the last time you shared with anybody? When's the last time you gave to somebody? I don't mean necessarily a personal gift. Like here, here's a box of tissue, enjoy. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about opening your heart and giving somebody a smile. Giving somebody a word of encouragement. Just saying, hey, I appreciate you. I remember going through a, through a grocery store. I won't, call, I won't name it. And I just said to the girl, man, it must be really, really tough what you're doing. Day in and day out. And dealing with difficult customers. I just want you to know I really appreciate you. And I appreciate your, your kindness and the way you, deal, you, you dealt with me today. I didn't give her anything. At least I didn't think I did. And right, just tears streamed down her cheeks. And she just says, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You watch how your life will be radically turned around when you start to share. When you start to give. You know, I've been in the ministry for almost 30 years now. Actually, 2013 will be 20 years. 30 years, pardon me. And uh, I go to senior citizens' homes, senior citizens' homes a lot. And there's some senior citizens who sit alone day in and day out. And there's others who are constantly surrounded. Some have visitors, family members that love to be there, love to nurture them, love to nurture their beloved mama or papa, grandpa, whatever. There's others that sit lonely. And I remember asking a nurse, how is it that some of these people have got people surrounding them all the time and others have nobody? And the nurse said, it's all, it's all in the attitude. Some of these people tell stories about how mama or papa cared for them and loved them and provided for them and met their needs. And there's a genuine bond there. And the others who sit lonely had... They weren't careful about what kind of seeds they sowed. 
You know, there's a lot of people who sit lonely because all their life they've only ever thought of themselves. They've only ever sowed seeds of selfishness. And so then when they get old, they are wondering, they're shocked, why am I alone? I'll tell you why you're alone, because that's what you planted. You planted seeds of loneliness. You know what seeds of loneliness are? Selfishness. Just thinking of myself, thinking of myself, thinking of myself. When you sow seeds of love and of kindness and you're sharing and you're giving, I'm going to tell you, you'll never be alone. Rhonda and, and uh, Trish, their Auntie Jean, never married, never had kids. But when it came time for her to go into a senior, a senior citizen's home, Rhonda just reminded me of this after the first service. She said, Auntie Jean was never alone. I said, it's because she sowed seeds of love and kindness wherever she went. She was one of the most generous, generous people I've ever known. Sharing, giving, 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 giving. And when she ended this life, she was surrounded by the people who loved her the most. And I thought to myself, wow, this is what I call success. This is what I call somebody who has got it right, who's lived this life right. This is the person who knows what it means to follow Jesus. You see, following Jesus is really about dying to yourself and living for other people. Giving and giving and giving. You know, Benjamin Franklin, he once said, a man who is wrapped up in himself, makes a very small package. That's <laughs> good. You're wrapped up in yourself, you haven't got much. But when you are wrapped up in the lives of many, my friends, you become a grand individual. And God can do things in your life that will absolutely surprise you. It will shock you. Look at this last passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to close Matthew 6, 20 to 21. Jesus says in that famous Sermon on the Mount, and remember, this goes against everything that the natural mind understands. And it says this, Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Read this with me. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I can tell you what your priorities by the way are by the way you live your life. And you know, you know whether or not your heart belongs to Jesus or not. Because if it belongs to Jesus, you will be a giver. You will be sharing. You'll be reaching out to others. You'll be meeting the needs of others. You'll be handing out smiles left, right, and center. You'll be inviting people into your home. You'll be showing hospitality. You'll be giving. But if you're alone, maybe you need to examine the way you're living your life. And ask yourself the question, am I a giver? Am I making a difference in somebody's life? I'm telling you today, happiness can be yours. But you have to stop living what I would call the temporal life. Jesus says, lay up treasures in heaven and not on earth. Do you know why? Because everything on this earth is what we would call temporal. 
It's, it's where we get the word temporary from. Anybody ever hear, hear that word? It means it's just for a short time. But what will last forever is that which is eternal. Jesus says, isn't it better to invest in something that's going to last forever than investing in things that are going to die? I gotta have a gotta get a new car. I gotta get a new house. I gotta gotta get Lululemon clothes. I gotta get gotta get the latest. I gotta get myself uh, this and and that and and bling. And I gotta get myself. I get, you know what I'm saying? I gotta get those those six hundred dollar glasses so I look cool. You know, and on and on it goes. You know what I'm saying? If you want to live a happy life, you need to understand it's not about you. So here's what I'm going to suggest to you today. I'm going to suggest that you start by giving. Giving something to the kingdom of God. And then go one step further. Is there somebody in your life that you need to forgive? Remember at the very core of forgiveness is the word give. Is there somebody you need to forgive? Go forgive them. Let it go. And I would suggest this. Is there somebody that just needs to hear you say, I appreciate you. Thank you. I drove Sarah to school the other day. And she was tired, I guess. And she sat there in the chair beside me looking out the window. I'm trying to, you know, to, trying to end or just help her start the day on a happy note. Just saying, hope you have a good day, dear. Uh. <laughs> and sure love you. Uh. You sure look beautiful today. Uh. You know, the grunt. It's called the teenage grunt. Uh. And then before she got out the car, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I just said words to encourage you and to pick up your spirits and help you have a great day. You didn't look at me once. You didn't smile at me once. And so I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't have to drive you to school. (laughs) There's a bus that goes by here. And if you want to take it, you can. I'll be glad to give you money for the bus. I said, I'm going to tell you something right now. It's my joy to serve you and to love you and care for you. But it's a two-way street. By by 3.30 that day, I got a text from her that said, Love you, Dad. You're awesome. Don't anybody tell her I told you this. (laughs) Guess what my delight and my joy is? My delight and my joy is to serve my kids, especially when they bless me in return. Folks, this is what Christianity is about. Life's all about relationships. It's all about having a, a heart that's fixed on God. I've asked the band to come and, and close with a song this morning. I'm going to ask the band to come right now, please. And as they come, 
Let me tell you this. When you give your heart to Jesus, what you're saying is, God, I'm going to live your way. And you know what? Look at you. You're, you're going to think. Here's what you're going to be tempted to think. You're going to be thinking, oh, look, I'm giving God myself. God's really lucky to have me. Like, if you think that, you're pretty dense. Sorry. <laughs> listen, listen. God created you to have relationship with you. And then after he created us to have relationship with us, he gave us instructions on how to live this life and how to get it right. And he set for us an example that we should follow in his steps. God gave his son and his son gave his life. And all he's asking is that you give him your heart. I'm going to tell you that when you give him your heart, when you start doing things his way, it will radically change your life. Go tell somebody you love them. Go tell somebody I forgive you. Go tell somebody you really are a blessing to me. I appreciate you. Go smile at somebody. That person you've been taking for granted, maybe a parent, maybe a child, I don't know, maybe the person you work with, go tell them you appreciate them. It'll change their life, and more importantly, it'll change yours. Would you stand with me as we sing? Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence here. God, for what you want to do in us and through us. You want to make us a blessing to others. Help us to understand what those toddlers discovered, that it's in giving. And when it's in giving sacrificially, that's when we are our happiest. God, help us to know today it's not about me. Help us to know today that it's about those around me. It's about God. And at this Christmas season, thinking of Jesus coming to this earth for us, the very least that we can do is give him our heart. And so this morning, God, we, we want to do that. We want to give it all to you. We want you, oh God, to know how much we love you and how much we appreciate what you've done for us. Help us, God, to live like you. Help us to be givers. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the grace and the strength to do it. In Jesus' name. And everyone say it with me. Before you go today, why don't you tell somebody today, I love you, I appreciate you.